throughout in the next year. And that's okay. So I've asked some individuals to do some things to speak on certain subjects, and we had Betty spoke on worship. And uh, uh, I've asked another individual to speak on a very, very important subject tonight that is uh, wreaking havoc on our churches, um, the world, but also in our churches. Used to, used to, you see this type of stuff in, in the world, but now then, so many things just filtered into the church. And anyway, so uh, that's where Texas come tonight. I've given him his subject. So if you don't like his subject and he gets on something that you may be dealing with or you don't get mad at him, get mad at me because I give him the subject. So it's a very important subject and uh, kind of, you're not going to do what you originally said you're going to do. I mean, but he, he, he's telling me he's kind of excited about this original idea, which sounds pretty good, probably good for a time. And uh, But he said, after he got studying this, it was kind of a, I don't know if this exact word, but he used to realize how heavy the subject is. And uh, it is very important. So give me text, good hands, it comes. Thank you very much. If we just praise the Lord a little more in this place tonight. As you said, what I'm about to deliver tonight is a heavy subject, and I need a praying church to help me to, to put God's words in my heart so I can speak them to you tonight. Because I know for a fact that just as I have, that many of you are dealing with what I'm about to speak about tonight. And if I could just get some people right now just to decide, I know it's Thursday night, but I'm ready. I'm ready for what the Lord wants to do in this place tonight. Can we just praise Him right now? Can we stand to our feet and give the Lord some thanks as we get ready for this reading of the Word tonight in this place? And then, yes, of course, I'd like to get up here and preach, no doubt, something else I've prepared where I can yell and holler and scream and hype up the crowd. Amen. I know that's not that's not what it's all about, especially tonight. I have a little more of a a uh, heartfelt topic that uh, I've been commissioned to speak on, and uh, I am in submission to my pastor, so I will preach what he asked me to, even if I have something totally different, I'll do what he says, amen, but tonight, if you would, would you turn your Bibles to the book of Jude, uh, it's only one chapter, so just turn to Jude, and uh, we'll start reading in uh, verses 20, uh, and we'll go down to verse 25. Amen. Tonight it's going to be it's going to be a little different. I'm going to kind of get personal with you tonight. I know you, some of you have heard snippets and tidbits of my life and what I've been through, but I'm going to be honest with you tonight, and I only ask in return honesty with yourselves. Amen. But if we could read the word tonight, starting in Jude, uh, verse 20, it says, "But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith." Praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some, have compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. 
Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling, from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God our Savior be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. Could you set down your Bibles tonight as we've already prayed? Can we just venture into the Spirit a little more in this place tonight? God wants to open up something in, in all of us in this place tonight. So can we just praise Him right now? Jesus, Lord, we're asking for Your, we're asking for your presence, God. I'm asking, Lord. God, as I stand before these people, they're very good talking, God. Lord, that's heavy on my heart tonight, God. We just know you, Jesus, to use your words, regardless of my words, God. Regardless of my words, what I wanted to do, Lord. God, allow me to be used by you and speak the word you've given me tonight in this place. Lord, in the wonderful name of Jesus, we praise and we thank you. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, as uh, you may have not already caught on, I'm going to be talking on the topic of addiction, otherwise titling the pain of addiction. Because if anything in this life is a pain, it's the cycle and trap of addiction. You know, tonight, many of you may feel awkward at this topic because you don't, you're not, a, you may not be addicted to drugs or or alcohol, or nicotine, or other illicit things that we always associate the word addiction with. But tonight I promise you that addiction is running rampant in this generation, in this time. And it is definitely having a play day, if you would, with anyone who would be vulnerable unto addiction. You see, addiction now doesn't just, it doesn't have to hide anymore. It it, it, it's in our televisions, it's in our cell phones, it's, right. it's creeping on websites, it's, it's creeping inside video games and, and chat rooms and in dark rooms. We all, just as Jesus, have faced a form of addiction because how many know that he was tempted in all manner? Amen. That before we were ever alive to face addiction, Jesus had already faced the sin and already faced the spirits, but he turned away from that when he was tempted. And tonight, I, I may not be a psychologist or, or a person with a, an MD or some kind of degree in, in brain functions or, or how the brain affects the body, but, but nonetheless, tonight, I am qualified by my pastor and my past to give a warning to someone tonight that you need to be careful to not let addiction separate you from the church, to separate you from the presence of God. You know, I, I know the pain of addiction and as Jude issues us to witness with compassion and fear, I'm here tonight to give someone a last chance to come out of the fire. To come out of the pain of addiction before it is too late. Because as we read, there is someone here tonight that is able to keep us from falling and present us faultless. And that is Jesus. So tonight, as I am honest with you, please sincerely be honest with yourself. Because deliverance comes through being open. And I'm not saying you're going to come up here and you've got to confess every addiction and every sin you've ever committed tonight to us openly. But I'm saying when the time comes and the time is open that you would come and be honest to God on these altars. Because whether you believe it or not, He already knows your addiction in your life. He already knows the pain in your life. And tonight if you're not struggling with addiction, 
Be careful because what you may just be dabbling in, what you may just be walking around that perimeter and outskirts of, could in an instant sweep you up before you know it and you're addicted. Vulnerability to addiction, I don't think I'm going to be too long tonight, but just bear with me for the next couple moments. Vulnerability to addiction, as I did some researching through articles and, and statistics, is a result uh, as I read, of your, your childhood and, and your way of thinking. Your upbringing can affect how vulnerable you are yeah. to addiction. The state of your brain development, the state of your mind can, can affect how you are vulnerable to addiction. The scientists have, have even narrowed it down to age, saying that teenagers are more susceptible to becoming addicted because their brain is not yet fully developed. Again, I can, can I have some parents to witness Sometimes teenagers' brains aren't fully developed, okay? I was a teenager once, kind of still am, all right? I don't think everything's ticking right up there, okay? But uh, but I know what it's like to be a teenager. I, I know what it's like. We all know what it's like to be a teenager. You know, we, we have teens everywhere today that are just trying to fit in. You know, as friends go to parties and, and, and they try something just one time, and then you try the same thing when they can walk away and not feel addicted. On the other hand, you can walk away with a lifetime addiction just because before you knew it, you were a goner. From the start, before you even took the first hit, before you even took the first drink, look at the website, you were a goner because your family is naturally addicted. You are a naturally addicted person. And that doesn't make you necessarily bad. It just makes you have to be extra cautious about what you're spending your time doing and who you're around. And then because what we have is we have generations of addiction. And, and you don't see that as much. And you grow up and you just try these things at parties. You just try these things that were going to be just a one-time thing. But next thing you know, you're you're older and you're homeless. And every dime you get is spent pouring into your addiction. Every dime you get is spent pouring into your gaming system, just pouring more and more time into something that is not even eternal. Yeah. And then tonight, if I could say that, what happens is addictions trigger the brain chemical dopamine. And we're all kind of familiar by now with the chemical dopamine because what it does is it basically controls happiness, it controls your sadness. It, it makes you feel pleasure. And as a teen, pleasure stimuli, they work on an overdrive, making it more enticing to try drugs, making it more enticing to take a sip of alcohol. And that's why we usually categorize teens as rebellious. We categorize that stage in our life as the rebellious stage because our, our brain is always wanting more. It's, it's wanting more pleasure. It's, it's wanting more dopamine. It's, it's wanting to increase that chemical balance in our lives. Amen. And as you partake in the substance or as you partake in whatever it is that may be addictive in your life, the more your brain becomes used to it and the more of it you need. Your brain becomes used to the dopamine. Your brain becomes used to the substance. And it makes us need more. Even if it's unhealthy. Even if it takes away from your family time. Even if you don't eat because you're so wrapped up in what's going on yeah, in your on, addiction. Man. You still got to have it because it's in your brain. I mean, like I said, because you were a goner before you even knew it. And if I could tonight also give a warning to, to parents. To parents, because we need to be... Well, we need to be careful because what you play around with in your childhood, what you played around with 
as a teenager, even now, your children will dive headfirst into. You realize that most of the time if a parent smokes, the teenager usually grows up and does the exact same thing, or at least is tempted to try it. If if a parent smoked weed or or drank as a teenager, your your child will likely face the same dilemma. If, If you dabbled in pornography, beware because your child more than likely will face the same giant, will face the same addiction at that same time in their lives. You see, for example, as I said, I was going to get kind of real with you tonight, and I am. For example, my father, uh, he was the one who, uh, okay, thank you. I was going to ask him to turn the video off. I, I kind of forgot to do that earlier. But for example, my dad, he was none, no doubt addicted to pornography. I remember going up to his house at a young age of 11. This was when I was first introduced to it. Uh, you know, I kind of knew where adults kept their secret stuff. I kind of knew where it would be. I knew it would be under his mattress. Amen. And being young and home alone at my dad's house, I went and looked and found exactly what I knew was going to be there. And with no one there to stop me, I did what a young teenage boy would do alone with that sort of magazine. Amen. And I was a goner before I knew it because what my father had, what my father had dabbled in, Affected me in my teenage years. And and I'm sorry tonight if you see me as any different because of what I'm going to say. But I'm human and I've made plenty of mistakes. But let me tell you something. I let God and a praying family pull me out of the hole I was in. Pull me out of the fire. I let a warning from a pastor. I let a warning from a father-in-law pull me out of the fire. You know, like I, like I, like I said, I was going to be transparent tonight. I haven't had Safari on my phone for the last probably three years. Because I, I don't trust myself to be alone with it. Not saying I'm going to look at pornography every time I get the chance to look at Safari. But because I don't want to have the opportunity if I was to give it to my flesh. I don't, I'm not saying you have to delete Safari. I'm not saying you have to do anything that I've done. I don't have Instagram on my phone because there's too many things on there that are, make me susceptible to that addiction. And and you know, sure, it was sometimes awkward when someone was to ask me to look something up, but I had to take precaution to get something so devastating in my life. And like I said, I'm not saying block Safari or delete apps from your phone, but don't let something that is momentary destroy your eternal. And then I'd rather you look at me different. I'd rather you think I think I. I'd rather you see me as a different person than for me to end up in hell because I know I'm susceptible to addiction. I don't keep game on my games on my phone regularly because I have an addictive personality. I was addicted to video games. I had to sell my PS4 to get over it because every time I'm around it, I want to do it. Amen. And I don't know what it is. It's just inside of me. It's in it's in my genes. It's in my life. And I have to block that out to not do it, to not look at it. And you may think tonight that I'm a coward because I had to hide from my problems because I couldn't do it by myself. And I couldn't do it by myself. That's true. I needed people. And I needed God. I needed a father this world didn't birth me with. Like I said, I'd rather you think less of me than have sin in my life. Tonight, if you've got to cut it out completely of your life, do it. If you've got to cut out some friends because all they want to do is jewel and and cuss and drink, do it. In Matthew 5 and 29 through 30, it says, And if thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out. 
and cast it from thee. For it is probable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that the whole body should be cast into hell. And if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off and cast it from thee. From thee, for it is probable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. It's better to lose things on earth than to lose your soul to hell. Then, if your eyes are offending you, tonight, tonight I have to say, cut it out. If your hands are offending you, tonight I have to say, cut it off. You know, in context of Matthew chapter 5, verse 30 and 29, if you read the surrounding verses, you see that Jesus seems to be addressing men. And what we find with men in most addiction is that our eyes and our hands are what offends us most. Amen. And, but if we read in 1 Timothy 2 and 8, it says, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. You say tonight, preacher, well, how do I control my hands? How do I control my eyes? I don't want to cut them out. I don't want to rip them off. We need to listen to 1 Timothy where he says that, that men need to pray everywhere because that gives us something to do with our hands. Lifting up our hands, not not abusing, not scrolling through websites, not not picking up that drug, not picking up the bottle. Um, and then it goes on to say without wrath and doubting that we don't need to be thinking about wrath and being mad and having doubt all the time. That we, that we need to be lifting up our hands and using them to praise God and using our minds to think on the Lord. Because when we're thinking on the Lord, we're not wanting to commit adultery with, adultery with our eyes. We're not wanting to commit fornication with our eyes. When we're thinking about the Lord, that's what we need. That's what our mind is, and that's where it needs to be. In this generation, we need to keep prayer on our minds and lift our hands up in prayer, not in sin, thinking on godliness and not on worldliness. Don't let addiction in your life. Don't open the door. Don't open the window. Don't look at the peephole to see who, who's knocking. Don't get down on your hands and knees and look under the door. Stay away. Like I said, I, I was a goner before I knew it. And some of you were the same way. You were a goner before you. You, you tried your first joint way back at that party. You, you were a goner when it was cool, or it is now cool to smoke cigarettes at parties. Uh, you were a goner when it was just you and your friends alone and someone pulled out a jewel. Or, or you were a goner when somebody had snatched their dad's whiskey and you ran off to a barn with your best friend and you, you drank all afternoon. You were a goner. Before you even knew it, it was in your genes and it was just waiting for you to be susceptible in that one moment. And now you've got a lifetime of sorrow and a lifetime of pain. And if not a lifetime, you have a few years that you most definitely probably regret just as I do. We've got to keep a watchful eye on our actions because you may not be susceptible to addiction tonight, but beware because you never know when the next in over your head moment will come. You never know when that next hit or, or that next puff or whatever that vapor stuff they're doing these days is. It's going to pull you in to where you can't get out, where you're sinking and you're not swimming anymore. Where your head's not above the water anymore. You're all the way in. And, and tonight, I, I'm not coming to, to just tell everybody that all hope is gone. That if you're addicted, you're going to stay that way. 
And I'm proof that if you're addicted, you're not going to stay that way. Right. That you can get out of it. That you can come yeah. out. Because I believe in the God of deliverance tonight. Yeah. I believe yeah. in turning around before it's too late. To, I believe that it is okay to turn your phone into your parents before you go to bed. Right. I believe yeah. that it doesn't make you an awful person. Uh, because you can't be alone with your cell phone. Or because you can't be alone by yourself at any time. I believe that it's not wrong to leave pictures of your wife and your kids next to the money you use for drugs or cigarettes or your beer money because you want to be around to see them grow up or you want to be around yeah. to take care of your spouse. It's yeah. not surrender. It's submission. It's not weakness. It's strength. It's yeah. not insecure. It's secure. And it's not cowardice. It's confidence. Sin will send you to hell. Addiction will send you to hell. We need confidence in ourselves and those around us. We need to have friends that are confident in you and believe that you can do anything you put your mind to. We need to be that confident friend for our friend in our life. We need to be the confident Christian that serves God with everything they have. That that believes in a God that isn't trying to send us to hell. Believing in a God that won't make us sin, but who will test us. And when he does, we're confident to make it through the trial. Like I said, he won't make you fall, but he will test you. And then in Psalms 27, verses 1 through 6, it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. That war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. He is my light and my salvation. I am not my own salvation. Pastor is in my salvation, but he brought me to salvation. He can't save me, but God can save me. Pornography may be fun tonight. But it's not salvation. Drugs may be fun tonight, but it's not salvation. Smoking may help you level your stress out, but it's not salvation. The Lord is my strength. I don't get my strength from where my flesh seeks it, but from where God tells me to get it. I'd love to tell you living for God is easy, but there are moments when your enemies want to eat your flesh and destroy you. And I know that's gruesome, but if we look at David and Goliath, Goliath looked at David on the battlefield and said, I'm going to feed your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. This isn't a this isn't a life where you can negotiate a treaty with the enemy and you can yeah. dabble in sin for half a season and make it out for the rest of the season and not face the wages of sin. Amen. Oh. You may think tonight uh, that you can just step away, but the enemy wants to eat your flesh. Once it gets in, it wants to tear you limb from limb and bone from bone. It wants to make sure that what walks away is just a case of empty shell of what God could have put inside of you. Yeah. What the enemy wants to do tonight is stand before you nine foot tall on the battlefield, just as he has before to many of you. Amen. In the form of weed and in the form of over-the-counter medicine and in the form of nicotine and in the form of alcohol and pornography. He wants to stand before you, shadowing over you when you just have rocks and tell you that I'm just going to feed your flesh to the birds. That you're nothing more than me than bird seed. Amen. Tonight, I need some young people and some adults that are confident enough to stand in the battlefield against the enemy and say that you can talk you can talk against my family you can talk against me all you want but when you start 
talking against God, that's when we have a problem. When you start telling me that I'm nothing, we have a problem. We need people that are confident enough that they're going to start plucking things out of their lives and casting it away because they don't want to make hell their home. Amen. Addiction is rough, but with submission, but with confidence, but with accountability, you can win. You can overcome. Amen. The pain, I heard heard Pastor Aaron Bounds say, he said, the pain of regret is greater than the pain of discipline. Regret is worse than self-discipline. Saying no to that law in your flesh is, is better than giving in and then the regret that comes your way. You see, because addiction has consequences. Sin has consequences. It hurts you and those around you. It can tear apart families, relationships, destroy job opportunities. Don't let your regrets haunt you tonight. Yeah. I'm just, I've just come to let somebody know that, that there is a way out of the fire tonight. Jude, he, he commissioned us to, to witness with fear and compassion and tonight. I, I hope you're feeling fear, but I hope you're also feeling compassion. Because if I wasn't showing you compassion while I was preaching, then there's no point. Amen. Tonight, I just want you to know that, yeah, it is rough. That, yeah, it is a hard situation to get over. It is a cycle. Amen. And some of you may not be in it yet, but you're heading down that path. And it's a path you don't want to go down. And you may say, what do you know? Preacher, you're just 19. It was only pornography. It was only video games. Amen. But let me just tell you, that stuff haunts you for the rest of your life. I mean, you can't look at things a certain way anymore. You can't do things a certain way anymore because you know you're susceptible. You know that you're in danger. You have to be careful. You have to block things. And I believe 100% that that is completely okay. Because it's not cowardice. It's confidence. It's knowing that you're going to make it. You're not going to let something momentarily destroy your eternity. Because regret is worth and self-discipline. Saying no to having your phone alone in your bed at night is self-discipline. And yeah, it may suck. Because yeah, you may want to talk to your friends. You may want to browse Facebook as you go to sleep. man. But being accountable is better than having regret. Yeah. Amen. I, 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 this is maybe weird come to a close, but... I like some music to start playing. I still have a little bit of a story to tell, a little more to say. I just want something to be in the background. I, I told you this was going to be intense tonight, and I don't mean to, well, necessarily offend anybody in a hurtful way, but in a compassionate way where they know that it, it's coming down to the wire. That what you have, the addiction you have in your life, needs to come to an end. Because if it doesn't, you're going to find yourself one day in hell. Right. Man, and I have come to that conclusion many times in my life that in the cycle that I have lived in, that if I didn't get out of where I was, I was going to be stagnant and complacent long enough that the enemy was finally going to grasp me in his, in his grasp and pull me down to hell with him on Judgment Day. I realized that if I didn't get out of where I was and start putting action in my life, that I was just going to fall into the same cycle 
that I had crawled out of just barely. Amen. When we read in 1 Samuel in chapter 17, it says, And the Philistine came on and drew near unto David, and the men that bear the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy and a fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. You see, tonight, the enemy addiction has already counted you out. You know, we, we, we fight Goliath, who has a massive spear and shield. It says, why do you send a young man to fight me with just staves when I have a massive spear and shield? If you translate that to another version, it says, it says, am I a dog? He roared at David that you come at me with a stick. And he cursed David by the name of his gods. And I, I kind of heard this today and I felt to relay it to you that the enemy thinks he's got you beat with addiction. He thinks it's an insult that you didn't come to church to fight back at all. Because all you have tonight is maybe a stick. Maybe the enemy is beating you up enough. And that's all you can muster out of your life is just a lonely, just a lonely old stick. And you're just coming at the enemy with just stage, something you can grab. But if all you've got to battle with is a stick, do it. Because I heard today that apathy is just as bad as agreement. When you're not fighting the enemy, you're in agreement with him. Don't agree with addiction. Don't negotiate with addiction. It's good now. Just just wait till the season is over because the wages are death. You see, but tonight the only thing dying will be the enemy because the life did not notice the sack of stones, the sack of confidence that David had, had been carrying with him as he walked up to battle. Yeah, life, you've got sword and shields, but I've got the name of the Lord. And that's how we win. In Jesus' name, over nicotine, alcohol, and drugs. That's how they can be overcome, is in Jesus' name. And they feel that sometimes all you're poking that addiction with is just a stick. And then you can't get it to move in your life. And then, but at least you're fighting. At least you're not in agreement with what's going on. At least you're putting yourself in the position of change. You see, it's time to come and fight that enemy. Praying at the altar is not weakness. Repentance is not failure. Because addiction must die, and that's how it dies. So tonight, if I could just have some people that, that even if you don't feel like you have addiction in your life, that you would just open yourself up to coming to this altar and praying and seeking deliverance from a God who will surely show up and give it to you. Amen. I open these altars tonight that I, I know this may have been a little heavier than you expected, maybe a little shorter than you expected to, but nonetheless, I know that people are dealing with addiction. Amen, because pastor wouldn't have wanted us to talk on this subject. Amen, and I know there's preachers. I know there's people who could deliver it better than I could. I know there's maybe even some of you who have a better uh, a better way of saying it, but this is my testimony, and in it, I'm confident that the Lord is going to touch someone's heart tonight. 
Because don't you dabble around till it's too late to, and you find yourself in hell. Don't you dabble around and it's too late and you've lost that great opportunity in your life. It may be just a stick, but you've got a sack of stones on your side. You've got the name of the Lord, and you're not you're not just coming with it. You're coming in the name of the Lord, and you're going to find deliverance. You're going to continue to find deliverance from that addiction. Just pray and open yourself up to God tonight in this place. I